0: another exciting episode of Sublime Soul Surrender on a beautiful Sunday morning. Nope, it's an afternoon. We are here with Kyle Melody. Hi, Kyle.
1: Hi, Cosmos.
0: For those of you in the audience who don't know Kyle, Kyle is a VITA-certified sex, love, and relationships coach and the owner of Kyle Melody Coaching. In her coaching work, She specializes in two main areas, helping high-achieving women heal hidden heartbreak and helping men tap into their sexual energy for use in the bedroom and beyond. I love that intro, Kyle. It is such a beautiful description of you. Thank
1: you. Thank you so much and thank you again for having me on your podcast it's a real honor
0: I'm so happy you're here I am so excited you're here and I know our audience is equally excited to dive into juicy conversation with you and I'm really looking forward to this conversation me too for our listeners who may not know what all of this stuff means I would love to start off with a question Mm -hmm. what brought you into this line of work And what does all of this mean that I just talked about in your intro?
1: Yeah. So we all have so many different paths that brought us into this line of work. And I'm, I'm curious about your own, but mine started with really my own sort of sexual awakening in my late thirties, um, the sex and self-pleasure and orgasms that I've had my whole life had been wonderful to that point, but was starting to feel like there was more and starting to learn more about my own body and, and what she could do. I also became sober um, around 2019 and really started feeling more, both emotions and physically. So I got really interested in that sort of intersection of no longer feeling numb intentionally and how deep you could go and how beautiful it was to go deeper, both with emotional feelings and physical feelings. So that's kind of what opened the door for me to want to bring those types of teachings to others and I entered the line of work, really interested to work with women, to work with heartbreak. I still am. I still love working with that. Um, But little did I know that along the way during my education, I got really interested in bringing this beautiful work that you and I both do to men, because as you know, this work is fucking crucial. It should be taught in schools. We should all be tapping into our bodies and our reality. And, you know, I'm a heterosexual, cisgendered woman. I am married to a man. And there was just no way that I could experience such profound growth without a partner who was willing to Meet me, match me as much as, you know, as much as his being could. And so that is how it's a long story, but that is sort of how I became interested in working with men on men's sexuality.
0: I am blown away with so much (laughs) you just shared with us. I want to just reflect back how empowering it is for our audience to listen to your journey, where you Mm -hmm. came from. Thank you for being so honest with us. And sharing that part of your own life story, to just know that there are so many ways to get to one point. We don't really know where we're going to end up, and that's actually the fun and the excitement about life is that we think that there's a destination we know we we want to go, but we a really don't know if that's the destination we're going to go. But more importantly, b that path, whatever we choose to do, is going to take us to some place completely unknown. So the openness in which you have received all that's come to you, I really, really want to recognize that and hugely fucking celebrate you. And oh my God, really honor the sobriety. I'm so honored that you are my friend.
1: Thank you. Thank you. That just means so much to me to hear that reflected back and yeah, happy to share. I mean, the best, the best thing I ever did was, this whole path that, that I'm on this education, learning more about myself and learning more about others and deciding to go into a profession where, where I heal people. So thank
0: you. Oh oh my God, you're so welcome. And I I mean every word. And I know that, you know, that I mean that from my heart. I also (laughs) really believe that we do what we learn. What serves us is what we give back to the world.
1: So, hundred percent spot on. There was someone, there was a quote from someone, and I don't know who it came from, or else I would attribute it appropriately. But your mess becomes your your message. Oh, I love that! All it right. just- <laughs> is all right. If anybody's
0: listening to this quote and knows who the person is, please comment. And if yeah. you are the person that said it, please send us a message because we will put you on the podcast. I love that. I'm writing this down.
1: Your process
0: becomes your message.
1: Yeah. So, I I think that sums it up. You know, we learn we learn so much by doing and by experiencing. You can also learn by books, and you can learn by all kinds of different mechanisms. But that real embodied learning of of healing is, I think, so profound. And to that point. I'll answer the question of the elephant in the room. But Kyle, you don't have male equipment. So how do you have embodied experiences to <laughs> teach <male? laughs>
0: You knew that was going to be a question I was going to ask. It's- yes, please. And that's where I really <laughs> want to go with today's conversation is I want to do a, a nice dive into the whole exploration of male sexuality for a few reasons. There isn't a lot of conversation about it. Mm-hmm. Men are raised in a very different society where expectations on them are to behave differently, to interact with society differently, with women differently. And they've also been, I think, over many, many generations, uh, suppressed in expressing their emotions and their vulnerabilities, which makes me concerned that how many men are not speaking up or are speaking up and maybe speaking up to the wrong kinds of people. So I want to focus on men here, and I'm so happy that you have that experience that you can bring that in. So, yes, please answer your own question. <laughs> and let's talk to everybody about what the concepts are that you're bringing to the table with male sexuality.
1: Yeah. So I want to circle back to um, some of the themes you just brought, but yes, the, the answer to my question, how do I do embodied work for men's sexuality and men's body work and things like that without the equipment? Well, fuck, I'm here to tell you that when I practice what I preach, I definitely call in my inner masculine. I empower the fuck out of my inner masculine. I bring in my energy cock, my energy balls, and I just become in so much that I can, um, my version of my inner masculine. And that's, that's how I do that.
0: (laughs) I just love this visual. I want,
1: I want everybody, whoever
0: you are, whatever gender or sexual orientation and identity you have for a minute, call in any energy that you identify with or that you want and bring that in for the rest of this podcast together. So you can really feel your juices flow.
1: Yeah. I love
0: that. I'm calling in my cock. All right. I'm there. Let's go, Kyle.
1: Yeah. I just, I just, uh, My visual just now was this big lion that gets behind me sometimes and empowers me. Um, So yes, to, to your points that you made just a moment ago, men are experiencing the patriarchy in a different way than women are and in a whole different way than a lot of us really spend too much time thinking about where I think there's a parallel to the work that I do with men and my own life, another parallel is the sobriety. I mean, the, the locking away of feelings and the fucking scary shit you have to face when you start actually allowing yourself to feel. In my experience, a lot of men and some of the women that I've worked with for that matter, but overarchingly men are, they're not allowed to express basic human emotion. Um, and by allowed, I mean by societal norms and rules. And that is so damaging. That is not healthy. That is a part of patriarchy. And I, you and I have, I think, said this before, but yes to fuck the patriarchy, no to fuck the men. I mean, it's not, it, the patriarchy hurts us all and has hurt us all for hundreds of thousands of years. That's longer than it actually has, but whatever. I'm not a mathematician. Um, So the work that I do with men, I just feel so called to come with compassion and come with an understanding of what they're experiencing. So
0: absolutely important to say again, fuck the patriarchy, not Fuck the men. It's yeah. so important for all of us to recognize that men are not to be blamed solely for this issue that we've got in our world. Yeah, and that if we can understand what that means, that means supporting the men and giving them the tools to be able to be the best versions of themselves.
1: And to your point earlier, they I, we we are lucky. Um, that in this day and age, we have so much ability to connect and so much ability to educate one another across continents, across, you know, every diverse quality and lusciousness that humans embody. We get to, if we choose to, and hopefully we all do, if we choose to interface and engage with people who have different ideas and different teachings and different pasts, we have so much opportunity to learn from each other. As a woman, I feel that we also have a really beautiful sexual awakening happening in our culture and in our society. So much has been focused on for women to expand and kind of reclaim and re-own their, their healthy sexuality. And there are spaces for men that exist, um, that are healthy and good in, in those spaces too, but I'm sorry, there just aren't as many. And the, some, some of the sources of information for men that I see online or in groups are, are pretty problematic. I mean, they pretty well perpetuate some of the men as predator, you know, sexual pursuers and alpha male and some of these other toxic traits that that may be a natural trait for people. I don't think it's limited to quote men, um, but it's part of the picture that they're, they've been painted into by patriarchy. And I just, I cringe when I see these spaces of evolution for men perpetuating that. So I want to be one small light in that in that space.
0: Oh my God, it's not a small light. It's actually a big light. It's a big fucking gigantic light. And it's such an important light. And you're right, there has been a lot of focus in having us as females wake up. Yes, I'm a non-binary. I go by she and by they. Uh but Mm -hmm. I still use she. So for this piece of the conversation I'll refer myself, refer to myself as a female. Yes, we've been supported now by other females that are finding their voices to stand up to patriarchy and find our, and you're right. Men aren't necessarily empowered to do so because we find them at fault as a society to say, Hey, because of you women have been spoken up, but that's not really true. A hundred percent. There's how the men Mm -hmm. of the past have not supported women. And now there are, some women and there are some men that don't support women and men, and there are some women and some men that do support women and men. And then there are obviously the non-binaries and the, everybody else that fits into any other category of identification and orientation that support or don't support. And I think it's so important to stop putting people in containers and labels. If we did that, it would be easier to navigate these conversations and be able to feel empowered. I just wanted to add those thoughts to what you had said, because I think it's really important for our audience to really hear that if this is calling out to you, it doesn't really even matter what your gender is. It doesn't matter what your sexual orientation is. Everybody has a right to be embodied and speak up and integrate and feel pleasure and recognize what trauma their bodies have held on to and be liberated and be like the best authentic version of yourself.
1: Totally, totally agree. Everyone deserves it. It's your birthright. Everyone listening and everyone is not listening. It is your absolute birthright to be empowered in all ways sexually is, a, is um, one of those that is gigantic in my opinion. And you deserve it. It's your birthright. It's beautiful.
0: Talking about that, like being able to, communicate with men about their own sexual beings what are some of the things that your male clients come to you with issues that they brought up
1: so just kind of closing my eyes here and rifling through the images of the men that i've served i've been really lucky cosmos i've i have worked with some pretty amazing clients a big thing that men come to sex coaching for is to feel desired. This isn't always the reason that they showed up for sex coaching, but after a bit of digging, a lot of times this is really what hits home as what they want to feel is desired. So a lot of times that shows up as, um, Coming to sex coaching because you want to learn how to have more sex, or you want to feel confident to date, or you want to figure out, you know, what is quote unquote wrong with, you know, the way that you are relating to your partner right now. A lot of times it boils down to feeling desired. And I think in my opinion, in my experience, a big contributing factor to why a lot of the men I've worked with have wanted to feel that way is, again, society kind of paints us all into pictures, tries to, right? And a picture that men have been painted into is the pursuer, right? So the, the person who is chasing, and I'm talking about heterosexual relationships here, that is by and large what I work with. Um, so in a heteronormative way, the male is the chaser, always wanting, always trying to capture, to, you know, seduce, things like that. So when you're painted into that picture and when your partner is painted into an opposite picture, demure, you know, trying to be chaste and chaste in both spellings of the word. um, And that can encode in a man's body as I'm not wanted. I'm constantly reaching and reaching for this intimacy and love and sexuality. So what is wrong with me? And the lacking feeling often is about that belief that they are desirable. So that's by and large, number one thing that men come to coaching for.
0: Do they come to you and actually say that in so many words and say, I'm tired of being the pursuer? I don't know what I want. I feel like I'm feeling... What other people want more than I'm feeling? What I want, like, are they that in touch with themselves? I know that's a generic question, and everybody's unique, but it's in general, can you speak to that?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's there's a spectrum, like with anything else. Some men are they've they've done a little bit more, kind of getting to know themselves and others, and they have already arrived at that desire, uh, or yeah, the desire to be desired many other men, it takes a while. And that's the work we do. I mean, that's the gentle exploration that I coach men into is, is finding that out. So yeah, I have had some men who know that is what they want. They want to feel more desired by their partner or by a partner. And then some men, it's like I said, they, their goal, their goal is they want, um, a threesome or they want to have sex. That's mine with, too. You know, yeah, oh, please. <laughs> so my point is they they come with kind of a surface goal and that yeah, fuck yeah to wanting to have a threesome. Put that on your vision board for sure. But really, it's a little deeper than that. What do you want that to make you feel like? How do you the the getting into the whys and like kind of a little bit of the deeper deeper work is is sometimes what we have to do to arrive there
0: can we talk about that for a second that specific thing just because that's so fucking turning me on right now I just because I, <laughs> I just want you know I the reason <laughs> I even designed this podcast is to break mm-hmm. down the walls of communication so we can talk about things that we want yeah. to talk about but that we may not be giving ourselves permission to talk about mm-hmm. and polyamory and throuples and open relationships Mm -hmm. I think is a really important avenue that humans have always explored but have closeted and still do so my just to share with the with you and the audience the reason I want to do this throuple yes I have to share it is because I (laughs) I I like to challenge myself and I want to see I answered this to my 72 year old mother by the way She asked me why. And I said, "Yo, she's so cool. And I said, I want to see if I can get rid of my ego enough to not be jealous, to be able to be comfortable in my body and not compare it to somebody else in that threesome. Because my trouble that I imagine would be with a woman and a man and myself. And I am non-binary. I go by both male and female. It doesn't really matter to me if that male and that female are non-binary or trans or I'm male identifying or female identifying, but my vision is to be with three people that identify would however they identify together as one unit and find that balance and the tension, because it's not going to be easy. Yeah. And I want that. So I may be a total nutcase for wanting that but I love all those aspects of myself to say Uh, why not try this
1: I love that I love a sexual experience being a container for growth Right, I mean, going having a goal of, or a you know, a, a goal or a vision or a dream of having um, a threesome, a triple, and going into it with that intention of personal growth and seeing if you can, like you said, get away from comparison and drop the ego a bit. And what a thought! You that is so juicy. So Thank you for sharing. Sure. <laughs> no, I need I need to start getting online again. <laughs> I need this pandemic to go away.
0: (laughs) So can we come back to you now? (laughs) Audience audience all knows what I'm up to here. Um, Back to the Ruppel-type conversations you have with men. I'm very interested to know this. You coach both women and men in Mm -hmm. most of the heterosexual world. Do you see a difference in the way men and women come to you to discuss or present their questions and their concerns around sex and sexuality.
1: Yes, and no. Um, part of it is that my marketing is relatively binaried, I will admit. I, I coach my heartbreak coaching mostly to women, and that's because the kind of the avatar that I have in mind, the person that I'm serving is Is an avatar of myself when I'm serving heartbreak. And so I'm drawing in mostly women for heartbreak coaching, but I do coach men in heartbreak, by the way. it's fucking beautiful to to walk a man's heart through that as well. Um, So the women that I draw are often in a different state of mind than the men I draw. So the men's sort of the marketing that I do around my men's work is more about sexual empowerment, using sexual energy. So with that said, the clients I'm drawing are a little bit different um, from w- women to men. And thus, yes, they present a little bit differently what their needs and what their wants are. But in terms of how um, you know how deep a client can go, how quickly they can go deeply, what levels of transformation and orgasmic ecstasy they can achieve. That doesn't seem to care about gender. That really depends on the individual in my experience. And I would be curious, I don't know if you've worked with both women and men and non-binary, but if you have seen any kind of pattern of difference in how they present.
0: I have. I have. I have seen a difference. Um, But I'm also coming from a very different place. So as a doctor, I've always taken care of the full spectrum of life. So from infants until older ages, men and women. Mm -hmm. And I definitely find more shame with men presenting. And it's Mm -hmm. a beautiful process to see them release their shame and yeah and like sit in a space and say okay I can talk about this and oh this is okay to talk about and other men have this problem that's what I find most interesting is women tend to talk to each other in groups Mm -hmm. we've been nurtured like that we've been told I guess that it's okay right yeah And I say this from a place of my being 48, but raising an 18 year old boy, I do think it's different for my son's generation, but talking, staying in the same vein of what I was saying earlier. I do find that the patients I've seen that have come to me as men haven't Mm -hmm. talked about these things with other men and the idea and the suggestion to do it results in, I don't know who I would do that with. Yeah. And I think that's a part of the patriarchal effect. There's no question that they have been affected by it negatively the way we have in a different, in a different result, but everybody has been affected by it. So my son, the reason I brought that up is I've raised Mm -hmm. him in a completely different way. Luckily I'm the only parent. So there's nobody else to have to argue with me on how to raise him. So right (laughs) or wrong, (laughs) but I think he's come out very well. (laughs) Uh, But the whole idea of my raising him was to be emotionally aware Mm -hmm. emotionally intelligent and curious and very comfortable in his own skin and Mm -hmm. to talk to his friends who are both of well now not only both but the binary and the non-binary world and he's done that and he's talked about all sorts of things with all of his friends and I haven't yet heard that there was discomfort in the conversation so I do think that that generation is more more aware, really yeah. socially aware, but more aware of their needs. And they have been yeah. supported by a society that wants them to speak up.
1: Mm. So yes,
0: I have seen a difference. I've seen a difference in that comfort piece. What I have not seen a difference in, and what I think is the same is this general sense of being very alone with their problem. Even yes. if women have talked to other women, They still feel very alone. And I think that is a human condition of, oh, yeah, you may tell me that 30 other people you know have this problem, but I'm the only one that has my problem. And that is very, very true.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that, by the way. I love, I I feel like I can talk to you for hours and just learn so much from you. And I think, yes, thank you for bringing up shame because. That is actually um, an interesting other pretty common theme that men come to sex coaching for is either they have sexual trauma that they they know about and that they want to work through to become more confident, more free, or um, this overall desire to be more sexually empowered and more sexual, they feel really stifled because they are ashamed of what they perceive to be. I guess sort of problematic toxic masculinity and it's a dance for sure. It is a dance to figure out what is, you know, where the balance is. And I think the the answer is there's no balance, right? It's a constant rebalancing of the scales of where primal begins and where toxic masculinity ends, right?
0: Oh my God. Um, Yeah, for
1: sure. That men get are very confusing. They're very conflicting. They're very confusing. It does. It encodes a lot of shame in men's bodies. So that's something that we, I love to work with shadows and some personalities and shame and bring that shit to light. It's not as scary. Once you talk about it. You're so
0: right. You're so right. And I'm thinking about dating. I'm thinking about how hard it is for men to go on a date now Knowing that they don't know if they should open the door, if they should ask for the waiter to give them the check or the waitress or whoever, if they should be inviting somebody to come home or not, if they should give them a lift or not. Like, it's just so many confusing mixed messages because it's also on the receiving end is what does the person that they're dating want? And the first date, you guys don't know each other, right? So, yeah. Are we having these conversations before meeting? Are we really breaking down the nitty-gritty to take away the romance aspect of dating, which makes it so much more anxiety provoking?
1: Totally. Yeah, it's a dance. It's all a dance. It's, a dance. let's let's just dance. Let's
0: just uh, dance. I'm gonna call this, I'm gonna call this episode with you, Let's Just Dance.
1: Beautiful. Thank you. I think, oh, yeah. I, got, I did. I actually just got shivers.
0: I love that. Okay. To all of our beautiful audience members who are listening, I hope you got shivers too, because we (laughs) all want you to dance. I really wish we could talk for hours and hours here. You and I will talk for hours and hours in our own real life Mm -hmm. and podcast audiences. You can keep listening to this over and over again to listen to Kyle's voice for hours and hours. (laughs) I invite you to do that. But also... You will be able to reach Kyle and I would love for you all to reach out to her, send her questions, set yourself up for a call with her, set up coaching with her. All of her contacts are in the show notes. And Kyle, would you like to say any of them out loud here? How people can contact you?
1: Yeah, sure. Thank you. First of all, for, for all of that. It's lovely to hear and I'm receiving it with so much gratitude. They're um, lucky. Yay. The, I'm most active on Instagram and my handle is at Kyle Melody, one word, just Kyle Melody. Um, and I also have a pretty kick in newsletter that people can sign up for. You can get there on my website, kylemelody.com forward slash men's sexual empowerment.
0: Awesome. And I hope that all of you have loved being with Kyle today as much as I have None of you can see her flaming, gorgeous red hair. I can see that. (laughs) It is really beautiful to see. And like a phoenix, always rising out of the ashes. That's what we all are doing. I hope you all have a magical Sunday and have beautiful days, nights, afternoons, wherever you all are in the world. Thank you for being here, our incredible, loyal audience members. And I look forward to having another episode with all of you in a week. And Kyle... Thank you so much for sharing your time, your soul, your spirit, your wisdom with all of us. I'm so grateful to you.
1: My pleasure. Thank you. Have a great day, everybody.
0: Bye-bye.